This is Marky Wayne coming to you from high atop my lighthouse where I can see all. The fog is quickly approaching. It's rolling in. It's getting thicker and thicker. If you can hear me out there in Pagoda Bay, Bay, lock your windows, lock your doors. There's something in the fog. It's something hideous. It's quickly approaching closer and closer. It's, it's right outside my window. Oh my God, lock your windows. People can hear me, my Chihuahua Louie, he's home alone. If someone could get to my Chihuahua Louie and save him, risk your lives for my dog. It's, it's, it's coming in. Whatever's outside, that hideous creature is coming into my, to my lighthouse. It's getting closer. It's, it's hideous. It's, it's right in front of me. It's, it's grotesque. It's horrible. It's, it's so close. Dude, what's, what the hell's wrong with you? Didn't you hear me knocking on your door? Well, you had a key. Yeah, but I, it's dark out there. I can't find the key. Well, did you did you get my my uh, cantaloupes? I did. It's <laughs> this is gonna sound ridiculous, but it's raining out there, so I had to put them under my shirt. So it looks like I got a pair of tits. And you said this was gonna be a costume party. I put this wig on and everything. Okay. All right. So you look pretty good. I like the wig. But you said it was grotesque. Well, it was far away and I was squinting and the fog was like messing my vision. I mean, it's just a zit on my nose. It's, it's not a big deal. It's a pretty big zit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, here, take these cantaloupes. I, I can't hold okay. on to them anymore. They're pretty, okay, they're pretty heavy. Uh, now, what do you think of my wig? That's actually better than mine. The, where did, <laughs> Where did you find a wig full of glitter? I, you know what? I just do what I can. I think it was just laying around, actually. I have a lot of wigs. I think you do. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have preferred the Sarah Michelle Geller wig, but, you know, do what you got to do. I do what I got to do. There's something behind you, Rob. What do you mean? Did you invite someone else over? Uh, No, I didn't tell anybody about this. There's, like, other people behind you in the fog. Hold up. I... Oh, shit! Ah! What the hell? They're getting closer. Save the cantaloupe! John Carpenter's The Fog. This is KAB Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, and let me be the first to wish Antonio Bay a happy birthday. We're 100 years old today, and keep a watch out for that fog bank heading in from the east. 100 years ago, between midnight and one, something unknown came out of the fog. Now, it has returned. Oh, Jesus. 100 years ago, between midnight and one, something unnatural came out of the fog. Now, it has returned. ago, between midnight and one, something evil came out of the fog. Now it has returned. Who's there? The fog. Antonio Bay has a curse on it. We're all cursed. Some water got in here, but something awful cold, Ben. I think I'll go to Vancouver now. 
the fog now? Well, it should be right outside my door now. Oh, there's something different about this fog. Dan, stay away from the door! Someone listen to me! Get inside and lock your doors. Close your windows. There's something in the fog. ultimate experience in terror and suspense. John Carpenter's The Fog, starring Adrian Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis, John Houseman, Janet Lee as Kathy Williams, and Hal Holbrook as Father Malone. The Fog. What you can't see won't hurt you. It will kill you. Between midnight and one, it will find you. All right, so from that trailer, you should know that we're going to be discussing in spoilerific detail John Carpenter's The Fog from 1980. Yes, we, my goodness. As I said last week, we are firmly planted in the 80s. Right yeah, now. we are. I noticed that too. And I don't mean to do it, but there's like so much goodness in the 80s. There is. I forgot how many good movies there were. Oh, there's so many. There's so many in the 80s. I love the 80s. I love the 90s, don't get me wrong, but just, I don't know, there's something about the 80s. I guess, for me, it's when I could, like, really start getting into the whole video era thing. So all the things I couldn't see in the theaters, I could actually start renting. And that's, I think, what it does it for me. And that began your uh, VHS collecting days? Oh, gosh, yes, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very quickly. Yes, it did. Yeah, yes, you, yes, yes. you must have had, like, a, a pretty impressive library. I did. I actually had quite a bit and it just continued on until like DVDs took their place and then eventually Laserdisc and then Blu-rays and then 4K. <laughs> Speaking of Laserdiscs, do you remember those in the 80s? They look like giant silver platters. No, I ha- I'm not joking. I collected Laserdiscs. Yes. Oh, you did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I collected. There were two kinds. The first ones, you never actually touched the disc. The machine, you put it in there and the machine would actually take them out of the sleeve. The second iteration of the ones I collected were they actually, like you're talking about the big silver disc. Those are the ones I had a ton of those. Okay. See, mm-hmm. somebody had yeah. thrown one out at, um, I must've been about seven or eight years old and we used it as a sun reflector. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it was, I didn't know what it was. It just said laser disc on it. I was like, does this thing catch lasers? You know, what, right. what's a laser disc? You're like, I'm going to take down the world with my laser. Bow <laughs> <laughs> down to me. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Actually, the reason I got really quickly into Laserdisc is because um, way back, boys and girls, anime was not everywhere you turned in the United States. And that was a, a lot of the ways you could only get anime over here were on Laserdiscs. Pioneer, Pioneer uh, um, put a lot of Laserdisc titles out. And that's why I got into Laserdisc. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even mm-hmm. know you were really into anime. Um, I, I, I was. Now I am somewhat. But there was a time when I like lived for the stuff and I could name a whole bunch of stuff off. And you just look at me like I was insane because you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. Most most. 
probably. Yeah. But like I was a huge, huge anime fan. Very loved cool. It. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Because I, I know you're into it, but I, I, I'm assuming probably a lot of stuff you watch is stuff that's readily available like now. Because I mean, everywhere, everywhere you go now, I mean, you could just turn on like Netflix and their stuff. And I think Hulu's got titles. And oh, I mean, yeah. but that was not the case back then. Well, I think um, I could not make the distinction. I don't think any American kid could back in the day, you know, when you were watching Voltron, maybe, or um, I think it's Tatsunoko, where, you know, the people were wearing the visors, the clear visors, and they look oh, like yeah. eagles and stuff. Um, oh, Bell, well, that was my, are you talking about Battle of the Planets or G-Force or Gachamon? Gachamon, probably, yeah. yeah. Well, that was all the same thing. It just depended on where you were, what they called it. But that was my jam. Like, I loved that show so yeah. much. That was my shit, too. I mean, I. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that stuff. Like, I could not get enough of that. Mark, well, over here, he was called Mark. So that made him really cool in my book. Okay. Yeah, and I can remember Voltron. Um you know, just watching that with like the two different, well, there was actually two different variations of Voltron. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I found out later that, that it was brought to America still completely in Japanese. And the people who uh, brought it to America actually dubbed it because they couldn't understand Japanese. So they just added their own stuff to it, you know, mm -hmm. based yeah. on what was happening. And, uh, that's a little tidbit brought to you by Bobby Anthem, who told me. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, that's that's pretty amazing stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I could like you and I could go like way off track with this one because I could talk for hours about this. But yeah, that's interesting what we as Americans did to the Japanese like anime culture. You know, <laughs> right. <we did. laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I was a huge anime fan. So that's how I first got into LaserDisc. The bad thing about LaserDisc, and then we can stop this whole conversation, is they were, you know, because no one knew about the technology because it's new, but they got laser rot really bad. And it would just eventually, you know, like how a snowy TV screen would look? Yeah. They would start to look like that. They would get laser rot, and there was pretty much nothing you could do with it then. So is that kind of like adjusting the tracking on your VCR? Exactly, but it never goes away. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it just got more snowy and snowy and snowy looking. So you you know, eventually just had all these things that were useless. Man, that's yeah. awful. And I can imagine those things were really expensive. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they were fun while they lasted and I did enjoy it. <laughs> but anyway, I, that was anime hour on midnight mass creature cast. That's right. Now we're, <laughs> uh, we hope you like our little opening segue of non-horror stuff. Exactly, exactly. We aim to please everybody who might tune in. Right, all the nerds out there. Oh, yes. It's funny what was nerdy when I was a kid and like people made fun of me for, now everybody's into it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, that's pretty amazing. Like I remember being called a nerd all the time in school. And... Oh, I know. I'm like, mom, you're such a bitch. Huh? I remember that and I'm like, mom, you're such a bitch. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I just heard something, something... Something about mom being a bitch. I was like, did you call your mom a bitch? Because <laughs> she called me a nerd. No, she never <laughs> did. My mom was super sweet. She only saw the best in me. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, like, it, it's so interesting how things that, how they're like cyclical, they go around, you know. Yeah. Cool wasn't cool and vice versa and everything. I think we just got older and got more power is what I think happened. 
Yeah, it's like that. Um, I believe it might have been the last episode that Robert Carradine was playing the nerd. Uh, I think he was Lewis on Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, uh huh. Um, yeah, but that's when the the nerds kind of took over, and the jock guy was trying to be best friends with the nerd because the nerds were now cool. And so, yeah, from what I remember of that movie, anyway, I mean that that was decades ago. It happens though. Mm-hmm. Everything comes around. Yep. Um, yep. But so we are <laughs> we are discussing the fog. I promise. Yeah, we're going to get into it. We're yeah. going to do it right in four, three, two, one. Here we right. go. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so, and it's directed by John Carpenter. Um, and if you don't know him, he brought us Halloween and Starman in the Mouth of Madness, those kind of cool films. And this was also uh, written with him and Deborah Hill, who I love. She worked on Halloween as well in Escape from L.A. Um, and then just real quick, uh, the director of photography is Dean Cundy, and he's done lots of cool things, um, like Satan's Cheerleaders from the 70s. And uh, he did uh, Rock and Roll High School um, without warning. He also worked on uh, Death Becomes Her, which you and I talked about, and Jurassic Park. So just shout outs to the people behind the, the, behind the lens. And then our cast, we got Adrian Barbeau. Uh, we got Janet Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis, her daughter. Um, we have Tom Atkins. Um, who else? I think those are the main ones. Oh, and then, of course, uh, John Houseman leads us into the film as the uh, storyteller. Oh, he's the old fisherman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Story at eleven fifty-five p.m. You know what I realized, and this is so cool. But okay, at the beginning when uh, the the father is in the church and he's like talking about doing some like work or whatever, or getting the other guy to do some work. And the guy's like, when am I going to get paid? And he's like, come and come and see me at four. No, better make right. that six. <laughs> and right. I was like, it's like to help you pay your bills. I got to go in late. Yeah. <laughs> Is he ghosting him? <laughs> I think he's just like, oh, that'll shut him up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But to find out that that's uh, John Carpenter in the scene. Uncredited. Yeah. Cool? Yeah. It's- it's interesting, interesting to see him that young and hip with the long hair and the mustache and everything. Right. He, I mean, yeah. I think of 70s porn stars whenever I see these guys with the mustaches. <laughs> and it's it's just like, I did not know that was John Carpenter until I did a little deeper dive into it. I was like, oh, that's John Carpenter. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, I forgot actually the father that you mentioned, Father Malone. That's actually Hal Holbrook. Um, now, did you ever watch Designing Women? No. Oh, his wife, Dixie Carter, she was actually on Designing Women TV show. Um, Hal Holbrook. Now, did, wasn't he in another movie that we talked about? He was in Creep Show. He was in Rituals. Um, we talked about really briefly Girls Night Out, but you didn't know that one, but I love it. It's got like this killer, the killer dresses in a teddy bear ma- or like a bear mascot. And there's before Fred Krieger came around, he's got these like knives like in the fingers and he kills people. Uh, and he did The Unholy. He's done a lot of like kind of horror things. Oh, because um, I thought actually, there, oh, must, there must have been a movie where there was a similar sounding name, I think, because I thought of Hal Holbrook immediately. And I was like, oh, he I remember Mark talking about him in another movie that we had done, but I can't think of what. Oh, huh. I don't know. But actually, what what is fun, there's so much crossover with all these people because a lot of people in here are really big in, in like the horror genre films. But he actually plays Adrian Barbeau's husband in the Creepshow episode, The Crate. Ooh, creep show. 
the crate was an awesome little episode. Yeah, I love that. That's like one of my favorites because I love Adrian Barbo so much. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be getting to talking about Swamp Thing. Oh my god, I love Swamp Thing. I love yeah. it so much. One of my so favorites. Much. I was actually just thinking about that today. I'm like, I wonder if we're gonna cover Swamp Thing. Oh, we're definitely gonna cover Swamp Thing. Yay! Yay! Um, but yeah, so we open up and we've got the uh, they're at Spivey Point in um, um, it's Stevie Wayne. She's the DJ. That's Adrian Barbo, and her little boy is sitting there listening to the story uh, unfurl about the whole. Um, like the almost like the curse of the town with the uh, lepers and the crew perishes when they see the light on the the, the uh, beach they come towards it and their ship wrecks and they sink to their death yeah because yeah. some idiot lit a fire on the on the uh west side i believe or oh my gosh okay what? i'll go with that because i don't I, okay we're gonna say west side <laughs> i think it was like west the western bank i'm not entirely sure but i thought i heard I, that a couple of times i think as we go further i may have it written down i just don't have it written here so yeah. um, if you're screaming at us give us a little bit of time and we'll fix it i know that I'm, I'm sure we get yelled at a lot on this show oh i'm sure we do too as speaking of that um screamers uh, that i was talking about with the fishmen that get turned inside out it wasn't James Cameron. It was actually Cameron Mitchell and Joseph Cotton that they had stuck at the beginning. And I'm sure people who are like big Screamers fans was like screaming at me then, but I just fixed it now. So that was a correction corner. Really. Aha. Okay. Yes. Cool. All right. So anyway, so he's telling the story and uh, Stevie Wayne's son, Andy is there. And that was actor Ty Mitchell. Um, now, did you ever see Halloween? Um, Halloween two? Mm, I did. Yes. Okay, so his scene always sticks out. The actor that plays her son in this was a little boy with a razor blade in his mouth that his mom's taking to the hospital. I just, that whole like razor blade in, in apples and candy and stuff just always freaked me out as a kid. But anyway, I just want to mention that really quick. <laughs> yeah, that's why we never, uh, we always threw away the apples that we got in our bag. Oh, just a razor blade in your mouth. Just, ugh. Yeah. Anyway, so, so the town, the town of, uh, oh gosh, Antonio Bay. <laughs> I was going to say Tarker's Mill. <laughs> what the hell is I wrong had, with me? <laughs> I had I had Vigoda Bay, and I'm like, I know it's not Vigoda Bay. Um, Antonio Bay, um, it's it's now midnight right after the story, and all these weird things are going on, and it's it's clearly something is amiss in the town. We got, like, the church bells ringing, and, you know, traffic lights are going on and off and everything. And, and the cars are uh, honking their horns and turning their yeah, lights cars on. Are honking their horns. And I love in this one where we've got uh, – um, uh, Sandy, Sandy in the film, she's the one who works with the councilwoman. Um, and she was also from uh, her Nancy Loomis, or she actually changed her name to Nancy Keys, the actress. Um, she was from Halloween and uh, three and Halloween, the original. She was Annie. But uh, her, she's in her she's in her living room and like the couch moves and the TV comes on. But then later in the film, she's just saying, oh, yeah. And my my, my uh, horn started honking. I'm like, you don't lead in with your horn honking. You talk about your chair sliding across the floor because that's. <laughs> I know that. Didn't that remind you of the the Dana scene in Ghostbusters where she gets taken from the chair because the chair was moving on its own? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like that would freak the shit out of me. Like, um, just open your fridge and you see Zool. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then we get we. This is a huge ensemble cast. There are like a lot of people in this, so there's kind of a lot going on in the beginning, kind of introducing everybody to the audience. Oh yeah, a lot um, of big names here too. Oh yeah, a lot of big names. And then we get I put down nude Tom Atkins because he doesn't have his mustache, so to me that makes him nude. <laughs> naked Tom Atkins. Yeah, naked Tom Atkins. And we know Tom Atkins from like Night of the Creeps and um, 
he did all sorts of cool things. Night of the Creeps. Uh, he was in uh, Halloween 2. The 3. 3. 3. Season of the Witch. Um, he's just a fun guy. I like him a lot. And he picks up uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who's hitchhiking. Yes. Uh, a, a very young Jamie Lee Curtis. In, yeah. My dad. Yeah. Like, there's a huge age difference between these two people. <laughs> like, he could be her dad. Yeah. So, anyway. And um, another thing that uh, John did with this is a lot of people in the film have uh they're named after uh people in horror uh like he's nick castle and nick castle um played uh in halloween the actor uh was in halloween um and then later we'll talk about the weatherman but he's actually dan o'bannon in the film and we know dan o'bannon from like return of the living dead and, and the alien and things like that so it's kind of clever how he like worked these into the movie um anyway elizabeth is jamie lee curtis and she's the hitchhiker um and Jamie's done so many cool things, but um, virus, of course, we need to know about virus. She's most famous for virus, most well-known. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you ever see Screen Queens, the TV show she was on? Oh, amazing. I love that oh, show. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she did, like, a voice in Escape from New York, and she did a voice in Halloween 3, and um, uh, Road Games. She was a hitchhiker in Road Games uh, from Australia. That was a cool one. But anyway, so we got Jamie Lee, which I love, which makes us wonderful. Um even though she's hitchhiking with a much older Tom Atkins. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, they're in their truck and all this kind of weirdness is going on. And then we're back at the uh, uh, lighthouse with Stevie Wayne and she's the local DJ. And uh, she's mentioning that there's the celebration that's going to be happening for the town, the hundredth year celebration. Um, and that, uh, uh, Oh, the seagrass, the boat out. She warns them about the, 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 uh, the fog Oh yeah. Bank. The fog bank. Cause the weatherman was saying the fog, there's a fog bank coming in from mm -hmm. certain see East, West, North and South. I, I don't care. <laughs> Just. No, I'm really bad about that. Like I am so bad with directions. It's like one of my downfalls. Yeah. yeah I'm terrible um, with directions. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, <laughs> and that, uh, Dan is a weather guy and that's, uh, Again, Dan O'Bannon, who is named after the, the writer and director, um, Mr. O'Bannon. Um, he's played by Charles Cyphers, and he did a lot of John Carpenter films as well. He did like Halloween. He was Annie's dad in Halloween. He did uh, Someone's Watching Me, um, Rituals with Hal Holbrook. Uh, so he's done a lot of cool stuff. Um, but he's got this like little kind of witty banter back and forth with, uh, with Stevie up at the lighthouse. And they've never really met, but you can tell he's got a, got a crush on her. But Oh, he wants her bad. Yeah, he's not too interested, though. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so on the seagrass, it's a little boat, and we've got um, basically three gentlemen. we got uh, Al Williams, Tommy Wallace, um, again, named after another horror person, and Dick Baxter. And then um, they're just basically, they, they kind of get together, and they drink out there and just kind of really basically, basically like shoot the shit and talk to each other. And clearly, um, Tom Atkins has been known to do this with them as well, his character, because um, he's friends with them as well. Uh, Nick, Nick Castle. So Nick, Nick is also friends with these three, but they're out there in their boat just doing their thing. Um, the two of them are older, Al and Tommy, they're the older gentlemen with beards. And then um, Nick, or um, sorry, Dick uh, is a younger one out of the three on the boat. You with me? Yep, I'm still here. Okay. And then um, the uh, John Goff is the one who plays Al Williams. And he was in Drive-In Massacre, which I love. 
he was in Maniac Cop, which we discussed before. And then he was in a film called Grotesque from 88 with Linda Blair. Have you seen this? It sounds familiar. Okay, if you have not, it's 88, so it's it's fair game. We are covering this film because it's so friggin' weird. But anyway, he was in that. And then um, Tommy Wallace was played by George Buck Flowers. And he was in They Live and Village of the Damned, both by um, Mr. Carpenter. And then um, James Canning played uh, Dick Baxter. And um, he was in the Elvis movie that John Carpenter directed with Kurt Russell playing Elvis. If you ever saw that one. No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's where he's from. So these gentlemen are out on their little boat and um, they kind of see another boat pulling up beside them. Oh, yeah. Might add that the warning that they heard on the radio uh, from Stevie Wayne said there's a fog bank coming in and the guy's like, she must be crazy. There's no fog bank. And then like the next minute, like fog starts rolling in. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yep. And then um, the the, uh, I guess the crew members of the ghost ship board the uh, seagrass. Yeah. Gentlemen. I call it the flying Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, now I don't know like when or where or what was done to punch it up, but apparently um, Avco, Avco Embassy, um, the company that Mr. Carpenter did this for, wasn't pleased with the original film and they had them punch it up um, with like gore and violence because they thought it wasn't going to sell uh, hmm. the audience. And I wonder if maybe some of these, because there's a bit of gore on here with the with the killings. Um, yeah, I think it's very restrained, though. Yeah, but I I wonder if this was part of that whole punching it up because we get the the one guy gets kind of like uh, done in with a sword, and then there's the uh, fishing uh, not fishing hook. What would you call it? Like the it's almost like a meat hook. Yeah, like a meat hook. I'd say. Yeah, I like to pull things in, and he gets done in that way and everything. So the three on the boat are quickly dispatched. Yeah. Uh, by the lepers <laughs> lepers i mean i swore because all right the first time i saw this movie i was so young that i couldn't even understand what was going on you know we on one of our many trips to maine uh i was at the drive-in and this was playing that's awesome yeah and so it was like my sister could tell what was going on more than i could but i just saw a bunch of like scenes of violence and like weird things happening and so I thought they were pirates when I was a kid. Oh, no, I could see because I thought I thought the same thing when I was younger, because I actually saw this uh, on network television was my first experience with the fog. OK. Uh, yeah. So stuff was even cut from the one I saw. But, yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought they were for the longest time. I thought they were pirates because they were on a ship. Why would you think anything differently unless you really pay attention to it? And as a kid, you're just, okay, men on a ship and they've got these swords and stuff. So they're pirates. Right. Right. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Well, and other things like the gold doubloon and just as a kid, these things all feed into the whole pirate mythos that you got going on in your head. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to add that like the first time I saw it, I did not understand what was going on. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I usually ask about that too. Yeah. So that, yeah. Your first time experience in mine. Do you know how old you were? Oh, I would say probably, see, this came out in 1980, so it must have been about, maybe I saw this like 83, I'd say, so. And mine was probably close to that because I um, still was in, well, see, my school experience, it was K through eight because it was a parochial school. 
And I remember I was still in there. And I think this came to TV pretty quickly after it hit the theater. So I bet you I saw it like 81, 82. Okay. So probably you saw it as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I just remember like not understanding anything that was going on. And I had to cover my eyes a whole lot. <laughs> I might have been like maybe seven years old, I would say. Oh, that's really cute. Oh. <laughs> No, I like God bless TV stations for sure. I know yours wasn't TV, but I mean God bless like just TV stations for putting stuff like this on just to scare children because I I those were the best memories of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it so much. Um but anyway, so um then then like you know, Stevie and Dan, they're still talking back and forth, and it's clear the fog almost has like a mind of its own. It's just kind of like moving around, like willy-nilly doing its own thing. Yeah, fog doesn't move like that. Yeah, fog does not move like that. So then it's the next morning, and uh, we're kind of back at which I gotta admit we're back at uh, Stevie's house, and her she's in bed. But I love her house. Like I would want to live in that house, her little beachfront house that she's got going on there. Now, for the longest time, I thought she lived in the lighthouse. You know what? I remember thinking that too. I remember <laughs> younger thinking that too. Yeah, but she lives separate, and um, she uh, she lives with her son Andy. And uh, she's in bed and he brings in that like chunk of wood that he found. Which was uh, first a gold coin. <laughs> yeah, the doubloon, the gold doubloon. Yeah, exactly. And it became wood. Yeah. Which, do you remember later in the film when Tom Atkins gives his whole spiel about his dad finding a gold doubloon? Oh, yeah. Like I, I, my dad said he brought me a gold coin, but then when he went to, when he went to get it, there was nothing there. Right. And I'm like, you're a damn liar, Tom Atkins, because there'd be a chunk of wood in his pocket. Right. A big old chunk of wood that said six Why? must die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I thought that was interesting, too. So I'm like, clearly his dad found something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, ooh, I think I. Let's see one second. I think I skipped the I did because I want to block it from my mind. Um, I skipped the part where. Um, uh, I, I'm bad about just using their names. When Elizabeth and Nick, which is Tom and Jamie, are in bed together, and she's talking about being an artist and everything. Oh and yeah, the doors jiggling and everything, and the, you see the people out in the fog trying to get in. I was waiting for him to get stabbed. Honestly, I was kind of waiting for a butt shot because I thought that's going to happen, but I don't think we got one. Did we? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I wasn't clamoring for it, but like he's fine with showing his butt and I thought we we're going to get, but I knew we wouldn't get Jamie breasts, but I thought we might get Atkins ass. Um, but it didn't happen, but yeah, no. So he did not get hurt. Um, to me, I think there's a lot of like really good atmospheric tension in the film. There is like some parts of this film, even watching it again, it still had me on the edge of my seat. Like it was the very first time I watched it. Yeah, no, I really, I really truly enjoyed it. This one, my favorite John Carpenter movies. Like I love this movie a lot. Um, it's good with the buildup. I mean, it doesn't just throw everything at you all at once. And also another effect I thought was good was the um, the specters. They You don't really see their faces. You don't see too much of them. And the way the lighting hits, it, it just keeps that creep factor continuous. Agreed. I totally agree with you. Yes. And they did really good with playing with the fog and manipulating it and things like that in the scenes. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like the lighting. That's why I mentioned Mr. Cundy because he's you know, needs credit for, for doing all that as well. Um, and then, so everything basically stops at 1 a.m. in the morning. So it's basically midnight to one is when everything transpires. And then it's the next day. And this is where um, 
and he finds a gold doubloon and he comes in and wakes his mom up. And I remember my mom used to wear nightgowns like that. I just remember when she sat up in bed, I'm like, I remember my mom would have those. They're kind of like satiny polyester things. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> and he talks about uh, John Houseman, Mr. Macon, uh, telling the story about the, the, uh, the lepers and everything the night before. And then we get Jamie and Tom. I'm just going to start doing that because Nick and Elizabeth isn't you know, as exciting as Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis. But anyway, so they're on the dock and they're looking for Al and his buddies because he never showed back up. Yeah, he's and, like, well, what happened to uh, my fishing pals? Yep, my fishing buddies, my drunk buddies. Um, so they decided to take a boat and go out there and investigate. Um, and there's just a lot of scenes of like more people. We, this is where we get to meet uh, Janet Lee, who's the councilwoman. Um, who's actually the wife of Al on the boat that she's Kathy Williams. And that was Al Williams. And, um, you know, she's talked about, she still hasn't heard from her husband and all the weird stuff that went on. And then, uh, her assistant is Sandy, who is Nancy Loomis. Um, and she was explaining all the weird stuff that went on. Um, real quick, Janet Lee, um, we know her from psycho, of course, and she was in bye bye birdie and Halloween H2O. Um, but she's also the mother of J uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, who probably should have also had a sex scene with Tommy Atkins because he kind of falls right in between the, both of them age-wise, I would think. I, I think he's uh, closer to her age than... Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I well, mean, because anyway, let's see, at around that time, 1980, she looked like maybe to be early 50s, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she would have been fair game for Tom, too. Yeah. Either <laughs> Anyway, um, but uh, so... We got, kind of got like all the different little scenes going on. We've got, you know, uh, Nick and Elizabeth. We've got um, Kathy and Sandy doing their thing. And Kathy and Sandy are actually heading out to the church to uh, talk with Father Malone about giving the benediction for the upcoming ceremony that night. And then um, once we get um, uh, Elizabeth and Nick on the boat, they are figuring out that it's like, dry but it also looks like it's been underwater for a very long time yeah and there's like a lot of uh what the hell oh sorry i'm thinking of a little bit later but when he like uh open he smells the beer can yeah no go for it yeah because it's it's right around this time exactly yeah yeah he you know he she gives him that she's like oh you guys like to drink and he's like yep that's one thing we like to do and he takes the beer can i thought he was gonna swig it and i was like no don't do that <laughs> yeah yeah and he's like it tastes like it's like salt water yeah it's like salt water and everything's rusted together yeah and apparently something really cold because everything um it froze like, the mercury at a uh, 20 degrees or everything. something like that yeah exactly yes exactly and then i love just real quick <laughs> back at the church oh yeah. oh i know what you're going for okay go hit it hit it <laughs> when Kathy's looking for Father Malone and he like spring loads, jumps out of the dark. Like, what the <laughs> are you doing, Father Malone? <laughs> Jesus Christ, he should wear a bell. He just hopped right on the shadows. <laughs> and then that's when he's talking about like um, what was it, December 9th? They met with the leper colony. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and everything was like planned. And his what was it, his grandfather? Oh, I forgot. We should mention that the diary broke out of the wall on that first night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. The diary. So he's got this whole diary. It's kind of like feed him all this information, everything. And now he's like all drunk because he's upset about everything that happened. So he's been hitting the bottle really hard. Um, and then the gold they stole, they actually melted it down and made a gigantic crucifix. with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then so back on the boat, we get another jump scare with uh, a corpse in the locker falls down on uh, Elizabeth, who's actually Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. And didn't that look like Michael Myers? It did. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I totally, totally, totally agree with you on that. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, she just can't escape her brother. Nope, she cannot escape her brother. Uh-uh. Nope, exactly. And then they're back at the, uh, I guess, like the morgue or whatever. And so they leave her alone. They keep leaving her alone when they should. <laughs> so they're out there talking and, and the, the mortician or whatever is talking with um, Nick about everything. And he's saying the guy looks like he's been down underwater for like ever. And, you know, Nick's like, well, that can't be blah, blah, blah. But then she's in there with the corpse and he basically gets up and comes towards her with a scalpel. Right. And, they, you know, something's going to happen because the camera keeps panning over right. to like the corpse laying on the table. <laughs> totally. And you're yes. just like, get out of the room now. Quick, leave. Now, I will say this. OK, so I've always had like this on DVD, actually first VHS and DVD and then Blu-ray. But I actually got the new 4K and it is so pristine that I noticed stuff in this movie that I have that I've watched a bazillion times that I have never noticed before. Like Scream Factory did a fantastic job with the resolution on their 4K with this thing. It's fantastic. But so he falls and carves that three on the floor, which I've never noticed before in my life. Like on the Blu-ray, I didn't notice it, but like it's crystal clear on the 4K. There's that number three on the floor that he carved when he fell. I didn't think that was a three. I thought it was a B. <laughs> For bitch. <laughs> bitch, I almost had you. I thought I thought he was trying to write something. I was like, B. What 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 significance does B have? <laughs> yeah, it was three. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense because there were three of them that were killed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's six that have to meet their match. Right. Yeah. Okay, so. Let's see here. All right. Yeah. I'm just thinking I'm trying to keep track of the kill count. Cause it's just the three men so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I love this scene too, cause we get, um, um, Stevie in her Jeep heading up to the lighthouse and she's going through her promo tapes. And uh, she also had the chunk of wood that Annie brought in. It says Dane on it. Yeah. Oh, but before we get that, I just want to talk about how long it takes to reach that goddamn lighthouse. Oh, can you imagine? She must have the best gams in the world from doing that. I know. Oh my lord! Yeah, like yeah. that is a walk. Yeah, that's I. I don't think I would even make it halfway. Oh, can you imagine? And then, like, the weather's not always going to be nice. Like doing that in the rain and everything. Oh, that's got to suck. Oh yeah, that would be horrible. Horrible. I mean, holy um, shit! I have never seen a lighthouse so far away from its original source where you've got to walk down a million freaking steps. Yeah, no, she is like hiking to her job every day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just love this character. Like to me, like when you associate, there's certain characters you associate actors with and she will always be Stevie Wayne to me. I don't know why. I just love her in this role. Like Stevie Wayne is Adrian Barbeau and vice versa. Like I just think she kills this role. I see. Honestly, I feel the same way as with Adrian Barbeau and Swamp Thing. Well, you're wrong. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I yeah, I get it. There's just certain roles that they just they just stick with you, and it's just like you are meant for that role, right? Yeah. No, you. Yeah. It's just yeah. I just love her in this. Um, I'm so excited that we're gonna do Swamp Thing too. Now, will no. we ever do the second one with Heather Locklear? Oh, definitely. Oh, fun. Okay, cool. Because I have wigs for her too. Um, <laughs> and then I also like at the church where they're like, uh, 
where um, Kathy's like t- telling Sandy they kind of got to like sober up uh, Father Malone because he's been hitting it really hard and he's not going to be able to do the benediction that night. Yeah, he's been hitting the sauce a little too hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so um, I love the whole scene where she's listening to her tapes and then the she puts the Dane sign kind of close. Like actually she stacks it on the tapes, the promo tapes. Yeah. And then it kind of like fills with water and leaks down on the um, tape player and it does that whole like, weird like demon ghost voice about everyone dying and everything the six shall die or whatever yep yeah and then it catches fire while it's wet yeah yeah which I, is I, uh, the whole thing i love yeah i love that only ghosts can like, do that yeah but i'm like put yourself in that situation wouldn't you be like what the fuck i would you know I mean? run out of there i i don't i don't understand this shit i'm gone yeah, it's really weird. It's very jarring. I just, I like the uneasiness of the film, and I think that's one of the ones that really adds to that that whole air of uneasiness that's got going on. Yeah, I think it's good um, good writing coupled with people knowing what to do with special effects because uh, it was originally supposed to be kind of cheesy and not take really? it. So, yeah, I was reading about oh, that. It was no. uh-uh. it was not to so, yeah, it was not supposed to be like such a serious atmospheric thing and uh john carpenter like worked his magic on it oh wow yeah i would not have liked that like and and the cast is really good and they're fish they're fleshed out just enough that you care about them i think yeah you know because i'm like i hope that elizabeth doesn't get herpes you know (laughs) around we don't know um yeah Um, yeah you become invested in them really quickly because uh, yeah Yes. Yes. Yeah. I also heard that like he cast her, he, um, Mr. Carpenter cast uh, Jamie Lee in this because Halloween, it was before Halloween had really like kind of taken off. And so he was trying to like help get her star power going. So he put her in this as well. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, I just, I love her so much. And then, so because of the whole thing you were talking about, like, you know, bursting into fire and everything, so Stevie calls home and she talks to Mrs. Colbert's who's babysitting, who I love her. She's like the coolest older lady who's babysitting Andy. <laughs> she reminds me of uh, one of the old ladies from Den- that Dennis the Menace that used to play on Nick. Yes. Yes. I could totally see that. Yeah. I, but I love her so much. I just love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, just real quick. She was also in time after time from 79. If you ever saw that one. Um, and then it had, it was about Jack the Ripper and it had Malcolm McDowell. So I thought you'd be interested. Um, and then she also did electric dreams with Virginia Madsen from 84, but that she didn't do a whole lot. But anyway, that's, that's Mrs. Corbett. Um, but, but uh, Stevie, she's like telling Andy, don't go out there. Don't pick anything else up. Don't leave the house and everything. <laughs> yeah, don't pick up any more doubloons or uh, driftwood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, so um then uh, we get uh, Andy and Miss Corbett's and they're at the house and they kind of notice the clouds rolling in. And uh, just real quick, they're back at the morgue. And then, um, oh God, I jumped way ahead. This is where Jamie actually gets the whole corpse thing. Sorry. Oh shit. Yeah, I, Sorry. that's all right. I cons- I knew I was going to lose my place because that's just what happens to me. This one, it's because it's such an ensemble cast, it does kind of go all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Well, even when I like I could watch a movie five minutes ago and I would still get things out of chronological order. Well, this, well, yes, I but I, seriously, this one just kind of like is all all there's a lot going on uh, simultaneously with different people. But eventually they all bring it together, which is really cool. 
Um, so then I actually have the three of scrawled on the floor and then we um, jump to the scenes of the town, which is really cool with the fog horn going on. It's kind of windy and the town's real quiet. The celebration's starting to happen. Um, but then the, the Father Malone's going on. Tragedy was the catalyst for Antonio Bay. Um, and that the Coast Guard is still looking for Al and that Annie's like, you really, or not Annie, she was Annie in Halloween, but Sandy's like, you really should not be doing this. But Kathy's like, oh, I can carry on. I can do this. And I'm thinking, I'm, I know women like that. It's a very admirable trait. They just focus on their work. My mom was like that. Just you stay focused and you just keep charging ahead. Um, but so she's going to go ahead with the celebration. Um, and so Stevie's kind of like, you know, taking a look on uh, her radar and everything. And she's talking to Dan some more, the weather guy. Yeah. And he's taught, you know, he's telling her about the, the fog bank again. And she's like, fog, uh, what kind of fog glows? And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, he, he doesn't really believe her. Yeah. And then actually uh, Nick makes a phone call into the station and he talks about how the fog was moving in different directions and everything. And the town went unglued last night. And uh, he asked how old Stevie is. And she says, I'm, you know, she gives him the age. He's like, Oh, we're too close in age. We can't sleep together. <laughs> no she actually she explains to nick the whole driftwood sign story that what happened and everything ah yes the story about his dad bringing uh, the gold doubloon and everything mm -hmm. exactly um and then so to, uh, nick and elizabeth decide to head out to the lighthouse as well so they jump in his truck and head off um and this is where dan switches uh, his shift he actually relieves another gentleman and he takes over the shift at the weather station and um, let's see here. So, oh, and this is where uh, Stevie and Dan pick up their conversation again. Oh, yeah. And she's telling him, she's like, he's like, I hear somebody knocking on the door. And she's Why? like, don't open the door. Stay on the phone. <laughs> he's getting all cocky. I know. He's like, yeah, <laughs> never should have come here, pal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't work out too well for him because he gets the hook to the throat. Oh, man. And then, uh, so that would, if you're counting, that should make number four, correct? Yeah, that would be death number four. Okay. And then, so Janet's given her speech of the celebration. And then, um, help me here. So who is David Sims? Because he contacts the lighthouse about an emergency. Is that the officer? Who is David Sims? Uh, doesn't, wait a minute. I think she says contact the sheriff. Uh, oh, my you're son. Right. You're right. Yes, yes, yes. Because she starts freaking out about Annie being home alone. Thank right. you. Oh, thank you so much. You're. Oh my gosh, you're a godsend. Thank oh, you. and the, the little old lady is number five, Miss Corbett. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and I blame Andy for this shit because if he would have listened to her, her back wouldn't have been turned. But oh no, <laughs> I stay just a little longer. And she's like, "Go to your room." And he's like, "Can I look just a little bit longer?" And she's like, "No." And then she gets it. Yep. So I all on Andy's shoulders. That little bastard. Yeah. Yeah, spoiled brat. So anyway, yeah, so so she gets it. So she's number five. And then um, that's when Stevie's like pleading with everybody to, you know, save her son. And luckily, we've got Nick and Elizabeth, and they are not making love while that young boy died. They are going to head back and uh, rescue Andy. Yep, and I love are. the scene with him just like, like huddled up on the bed while that <laughs> fist with the... <laughs> Hook is like pounding through the, like the paper thin door. That <laughs> I know. Didn't that look like the door to a barn or some shit? It did. Yeah. I but, think it was the style of the house, but yeah, it's like just ripping through the door and he's not moving. He's just huddled on his bed. Yeah. I would be, 
I don't know if I would be sitting on the bed. I would probably be looking for a place to hide, actually. Yeah, I'd be under the bed, not just sitting there looking at it, because they can see you once they get that little hole punched through. Yeah, right. Here's Johnny. Right. But luckily, uh, Tom, you know, grabs him and pulls him out, and they jump in the car with Jamie, except the wheel is stuck. Yeah, they, they've got really shitty luck. I'll tell you that. They have very shitty luck. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it adds up to all those like little, just almost their moments where they just barely get away. Mm-hmm. And that's what has you on the edge of your seat. Oh, yeah. 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 So so they finally get them out the window and get away. And then um, they, they have to like back out of the fog. There's lots of backing up in that truck, too, I noticed. There's a whole lot of, of uh, Elizabeth backing the truck up because now she's behind the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and then so now we're back at this the uh, celebration still going on with all this and then pretty much the fog is almost forcing them to head to the church it's like pushing everyone to the church yeah we've got some smart fog like it, it kills the phone lines it yeah. uh goes to the turbines and shuts off the power to the entire town yeah and then stevie's like apologizing that she can't be there for andy but it's such a long walk and her legs are tired <laughs> like she she already basically she's uh resigned herself to her son's death yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. Like, well he you know was pretty annoying <laughs> i also like they don't really as far as i can tell they don't really tell you that there was a, a man in her life but they don't really tell you what happened was there a divorce did he pass away you know, did he leave her for another man? Did he have an illicit affair with Tom Atkins and it didn't go well? We'll never know. <laughs> or is she just a strong, independent woman? Right. We just don't know. But I like that. I like that it's open it. You kind of like figure out your own story to this. I like that. I like that very much about the movie. Um, and then so we've got the, uh, like I said, the truck's heading to the celebration. And it's just kind of pushing them all towards the church. My thing is, it only pushed the people that we know towards the church. I guess it wasn't concerned with anyone else in the town. Right. What about the, like all the extras that were holding that candlelight vigil out there? Right. I, yeah. If you weren't like an actor, it wasn't concerned with you. <laughs> <laughs> Which was odd because we only saw them a total of maybe two scenes. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I, yeah, if you didn't have a SAG actor card, they didn't care. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you're fine. You're safe. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Like all these, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you're not, you're not going to be number six. Right. You're fine. You're safe. So they all kind of like, just kind of head back to the church. They're all forced inside the church. Um, and I just love the scene when all the, the, the cars like, just like end up there, the station wagon and the truck. And they all like go running up there and, you know, Jan Lee's all frazzled and, and, uh, and uh, Nancy Loomis is there with her Sandy and everything. They just all like end up inside the church. Oh with, yeah. With Father Malone. And he's got a bottle in his hand. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. And uh, then they're kind of like barricading the windows, the stained glass. That's the only thing I don't like about this is once they start pushing through the stained glass, I thought the stained glass looked cheap. Oh, yeah. That definitely looked like sugar glass. Well, and it stays together. To I don't know. It just, I don't know. I, I, that's my only, only like little itty bitty tiny nitpick. Well, that and we didn't get Tommy Atkins asked. But other than that, <laughs> uh, those are my only complaints with the film. <laughs> well, I had a problem with... Uh... When they're yanking, like after, you know, the the phantom arms are coming through the stained glass and then they read in the diary that um, the the gold is the church is a tomb for the gold. And so they start tearing the bricks out of the walls, which was far too easy to tear the bricks off the walls. It looked like styrofoam. 
Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I definitely had an issue with that. I was like, come on, you, you spent all this time crafting this story and then you're, you're able to like pull bricks out of the wall. Now, let me throw this at you. Do you think the fact that it was so easy had anything to do with the supernatural? I'd like to think that. Okay. All right. Then I'll let you. <laughs> All right. So, and then basically, yeah, like you said, they get the little uh, crucifix out with the gold and everything. And basically they just kind of like, almost like split up uh, inside the church. Cause there's that little back room. And then um, they they kind of like separate back into the main actual like church aspect of it, like kind of out of the back, like the little rectory part. Yeah. And, and then, then we've got, um, oh, go ahead. Go. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's, uh, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, go, go. We just, we get two different scenes. Like we get the church scene and then yeah. we get the scene of uh, Stevie Wayne uh, fighting for her life in those fucking heels. Right. Those boots. Yeah. yeah. That's where I was going. So keep going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like throughout the entire movie, I'm like, how the hell can she walk down those stairs? with them heels on without breaking her legs and her neck. Um, and then we get her climbing a ladder on top of the roof of the lighthouse wearing the yeah. heels. So. Yeah. Cause basically they, they like drive her upwards. Cause she's got nowhere else to go. Right. She's inside the lighthouse, but then they get in there. So she's got to sneak out the other like window almost or doorway on the other side of the glass. And the only way is up that stupid little ladder onto the very like top of the lighthouse roof. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love like the whole tension that's built with that. That's amazing. To me, I find that scene um, way more uh, harrowing than the one in the church. Yeah, that one is I because I'm afraid of heights. And so I was biting my nails. I was like, ah, I hope she doesn't fall into the water. <laughs> That's why you had your socks off. Yeah. I was getting ready for a swim. <laughs> right. I thought you were biting your toenail. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, to me, because like, I don't know, in the church, it seems like there are other ways of hiding. But once you're on the top of the roof of that lighthouse, like you said, there's no escaping. Like they have you cornered. Right. You know, like the old shot with her laying on the roof and them coming up the ladder with the hook thing. I mean, that is intense. Yeah, you're pretty much fucked at that point. You, yeah, you've got you are, to Yeah, go. you are not in a good spot. And then we've got, well, and then again, it's a horror movie. But like, you know, with them grabbing, I, I think they grabbed Sandy. Um the, the secretary by the hair and stuff. I'm like, well, if you weren't by the stained glass, that wouldn't have happened. Right. The, oh, dumbass know? is always standing near the windows where the oh, arms are grabbing. Yeah. Um, but Andy follows father Malone out there and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like getting himself killed. <laughs> that is one dumb kid. <laughs> yeah. Andy. Oh yeah. Totally. 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 Uh, but the three women run in to grab Andy and then Tom, um, uh, uh goes towards the father and then the uh we see the lighthouse roof and the fog kind of subsides because he the father basically hands over the the uh cross yeah to the, yeah to the leper and there's that whole like light show going on and everything and to me that looked like the cross was like burning hot like i always expect to see his hands like totally like melted away from him that's what i was thinking i was expecting like the priest to be taken with the spirits like it melted in a big blaze of light or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then we get the uh, shows of the town and the fog's kind of like uh, subsiding away from it and everything. And the group leaves the church and uh, Andy's like, it's going away. Uh, and then we have Stevie, she's back in her lighthouse and she's like, I don't know what happened to Antonio Bay tonight. 
Um, and you see across the sea that the, the ship in the, the fog is kind of like just dissipating and everything. Yeah, she's a, she says, like, keep your eye out for the fog or something like that. Yeah, uh, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, and, well, not really. <laughs> because we what get mean, Rob? we get drunken Father Malone saying, I was supposed to be number six or something like that. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this, I was not expecting this. I thought, like, they got their gold, they were going to leave. Oh no! A leper is never happy till they get their their due desserts. Yeah, they're they're number six. They've got to have the six. Got to have number six. Yeah. Uh, and so we are treated to a scene where I guess it's implied that Father Malone gets his head cut off by a pirate yeah. sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see the sword swinging. Yep. Which I assume is Blake swinging the sword because Blake is the one they kind of like the really wealthy one that they kind of he thought he could buy the land and everything, and they're like, mm, No, you're a leper. You can't come. You know, <laughs> yeah. He obeys property and i love what they did with the eye effects on on the ghosts oh yeah yes they are awesome they're almost like demon awesome like the movie demons yeah they are yeah no i really like it a lot yeah it's very cool so rob do you would you recommend the movie oh hell yeah yeah i I think so too i think a lot of people like poo poo it because it's just like a ghost story and i think i really think especially at that point in time they were expecting like more like slasher horror from john carpenter but i think it's so um it is restrained but that's what i like about it like that restrained building terror i think is amazing like i i love that in movies i agree Um, it doesn't have to be buckets of gore for every film oh no no and i think there is enough like i think they tried to pacify people who are looking for like you know that slasher element to it i mean because you do get some a little bit gory kills and stuff but I just think it's just so atmospheric and uh, the tone and the mood is just so uh, creepy and, and, and uh, for like a, a stormy rainy night, this would be like the perfect watch. I think dim all the lights and put this on. Oh yeah. Crawl in bed with Tom Atkins and snuggle up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got Jamie Lee on the other side. <laughs> and Janet and then Adrian. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. He's a player. <laughs> <laughs> he is Tommy Atkins. <laughs> and then you find out the, the mustache is actually Velcro and he could just pull it off and put it on. He's like Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> uh, it's all because he was legendary in Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. Now, see, that's funny because to me, talk about movies. My Tommy Atkins is the Halloween three scenes of the witch. That when I think of Tommy Atkins, that's the role I think of. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I can it's see that. It's just, oh, go. I, yeah. Oh, I just, I can see that. It's just Night of the Creeps was the thing for me that supplanted him as like the badass that he is. Yeah. I think it's what you're exposed to for some reason. It's just what sticks with you at that particular moment. I don't know why. Right. But yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But I love him so much. He's just so funny. He's got a, I also think he has a very good sense of humor about himself. Like he's in on the joke. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I really like him a lot. I, I actually like all the uh, actors in this. I think it was very well cast. Oh, indeed. It was a great cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they, and especially for who they were, I like didn't feel like anyone was above anyone else. It wasn't like, oh, I'm Janet Lee. I'm too good for this. Or, you know, or I'm Jamie Lee Curtis. I can't be bothered with this. Like, I, I think they all gave it, like, they're all, you know, they, they brought their best game to it. And it, it shows. Yeah, they did. And, 
like you brought something to my attention that I didn't know that Janet Lee was actually Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. <laughs> and so. Oh, are you serious? I'm totally serious. I did not oh, know yeah. that. No, that's her mom. Yeah. And she was also in uh, Halloween H2O with her as well. Oh, and wow. Normal after Psycho. A little homage to Psycho as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was very sweet that they cast her. That she got to be in two movies with Jamie Lee. That is badass. I like that. Yeah, I think I love when they do stuff like that. I love that so much. I think it's awesome. I would just like with with uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill giving them all these actors in here names of like different people involved with horror movies. That was really sweet. Yeah, and I think uh, they did that with um they did that with Slither. Like they named Yes, the, they the did. Yes, characters and right. the town after like certain parts of John Carpenter films. Yeah, that's very cool. I love when people do that. Because it doesn't take away from it if you're not in the know, but if you're in the know, it's a little something, something. Yeah, it's like little Easter eggs. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I really do like that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So have we covered the fog thoroughly? I think we are covered in fog right now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I know my hair is, my my wig is like matted to my head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I took the wig off because it it made my head too hot. But the cantaloupes, they're somewhere around the room. I'm sure they are. <laughs> and then, so next time we meet, we're going to be doing Mimic. Is that correct? Oh, that's correct. Doing Mimic. That's, yep. With um, Mir, Mir Sovia, Mira Sovino. And it's a Guillermo del, Guillermo del Toro, correct? Yeah. And um, Charles S. Dutton. <laughs> there you go. So that's the, our next one. And so this should be a Friday. So we are sending you off to have a really good weekend. Yeah, hope you have a great weekend. Stay spooky, as Mark would say. Sorry if I took your line. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. And thank you for joining us because the more the scarier in my book. Hell yeah. All right. We will see you next time. Oh, wait. We forgot to do the... Um... Oh, we did. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was... <laughs> <laughs> These boots are killing me. I got that long walk down from the stupid lighthouse. I'm just wanting to get it over with <laughs> You're like god damn how many stairs do i have to walk down why did i take this job <laughs> no so if you would like to reach us um on instagram we are at midnight mass creature cast and rob uh yes and if you want to contact us through email you can hit us up at mmccpod at gmail.com we would love to hear from you yes we totally would so feel free to reach out and touch us wherever you want touch us anywhere (laughs) (laughs) all right guys thank you